This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Blackhawk Up Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Jimmy Lynch and Patrick McGann. Welcome to another episode of the Blackhawk Up Podcast. I am Jimmy Lynch alongside Patrick McGann. Patrick, another episode, baby. Yep, another week, another dollar. We're here again, uh, and we're one week closer to actual hockey being played in the NHL. That is a fact. I mean, pretty soon we're going to be talking about preseason games. Uh, we're going to have Jeremiah on in a little bit, talking about the prospect showcase from the past weekend. I mean, there's the Blackhawks action is already getting started, and I'm training camp starts the day of this podcast being aired Thursday. Yeah, it's, uh, it's um, exciting stuff. I mean, NHL teams are ready to get back at it, ready to start camp and get the season rolling. Probably about a little bit less, actually, yeah, less than a month out from the actual season starting as well. So probably like two to three weeks of some preseason hockey, get some things fine-tuned for the season, and then we'll see uh, the boys out on the ice uh, and hopefully uh, ready to compete for them. There's a lot of stuff that's going to change till then. Um, oh, yeah. It's still nothing set in stone now, yeah. No. The the initial like roster for training camp is going to have over 60 players on it and once once you get to the season you're going to be down to 20 guys as i say yeah there's there's only one way to get down to 20 guys and that's cutting guys you know there's going to be a lot of guys months that are made and guys who are crushed and want to come back at it again but um yeah yeah. we'll see a lot of uh i guess emotion from a lot of those guys moving forward you know that's the exciting time of year people are going to put on a show i think the interesting part about it especially is so the Blackhawks bought the rock for the Ice Hawks. And this year in particular, uh, our very own Seth Stafford wrote a piece on it yesterday. But the Ice Hogs are going to be pretty good this year. They're going to have a lot of talent on that squad um, yeah, just mean, because uh, all the players that aren't going to make the team. Right. And uh, it's good to have, you know, a good, I guess, farm system in a way. It's good to have that, you know, the talent underneath you that you can, you know, hopefully see mature and bring up to the, the pro club. But to see that is an encouraging thing because usually the Ice Hogs aren't you know, top tier AHL team. Yeah. I mean, I think early on during the Blackhawks championships during 2011 or excuse me, 2010, 2011, 2012, you know, before they started winning those other two championships, one thing that always was said about them was, and they still have one of the best farm systems in the entire league. I have a vivid memory of my dad saying that one time, just how excited he was not about the NHL team in particular, but the fact that, they're also one of the best teams when it comes to their farm system and just getting guys up into the league. I mean, recently that has not been the case. For right. And Last now there's, they're still a middle of the pack team. I mean, it, it didn't take a genius to watch that Blackhawks tournament or excuse me, the prospects showcase and see that Minnesota was just on another level when it comes to the talent that they have in their organization. Right. Uh, right. And that just has to do with the Blackhawks. Even though they did retool the, team end quote they didn't really completely rebuild the team which is what you kind of want to do but at the same time it's not what they're building right now right exactly yeah they didn't do a full rebuild and that's for reasons uh as that are kind of quite obvious to fans and everyone is you know that they just went out and got a couple of stars and kind of said hey i mean this is uh you know it kind of reminds me of the bears in a way where it's like all right like our team's kind of deteriorating a little bit 
or we're going to go out and get like Justin Fields or we're going to go out and get Mark Andre Fleury. Like I'm not saying Justin Fields is Mark is, is like a legend or anything, but I'm saying he's a player with lots of potential who could be really skilled when really there's not a lot of skill around him yet. Kind of like the Blackhawks in a way, like before they picked up Fleury, Johnson, all these guys, they, everyone was saying they're in a rebuild, right? But they picked up a couple guys like Seth Jones, uh, Mark Andre Fleury, some other guys you could say make a difference. Maybe Riley Stillman, all those, all those sort of players. Um, and now they've kind of turned into that team where they're uh, not necessarily contenders, um, but definitely not pretenders, <laughs> as yeah. the old saying goes. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's the, the way the Blackhawks are built is very interesting. Wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we see some some problems, uh, but should be, like, like we've been saying, entertaining team to watch. Let me ask you this, because there are some people that would say that the, the way the Blackhawks are trying to fix things right now isn't going to work. And it's kind of, it's just, you're just delaying the inevitable, you know, you're just putting towels around a leak floor. You're not yep. fixing the leak. Yeah. So how would you say, what is the correct way to rebuild a team? Do you think it well, is to tear I, it down completely? I, say, or? I, I, here's, here's me. I am excited about the moves the Blackhawks have made. I was encouraged to see the moves that were made at the trade deadline last year, but I am in the camp uh, that I don't think this is a good enough fix. I think that the team's going to be good. They're going to be better than mediocre, but they're not going to be anything like more than a first or second round exit from the playoffs, in my opinion, because of uh, there's still some raw talent missing. Um, in my opinion, the way to completely rebuild a team, um, that's, that's a good question. You, you It's easy well, to say... Let me say this. like, There's no correct answer because you have teams right. that completely tear it down and they're still right. rebuilding years yep. and years later. Buffalo's right. been rebuilding for Ottawa centuries. Ottawa. Yeah. Um, and you have other teams where LA, they recognize that they were deteriorating early and then traded those guys away. And now they seem to be on the other end. New York's another good example right, of that. Right. Yeah. So like that, that, that's a good point. There's no like uniform way to do it. Um, and the bulls you know, have been rebuilding forever too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I, that, I guess that was the same with the White Sox, but look where we're at now. But uh, it, it, and also, like, I can, I can sit here and talk about the White Sox rebuild as well, but I, it's different. Like, it actually is, it's very different from sport to sport, obviously, the way uh, the rules work and the way contracts work, all that sort of thing. And obviously, just difference in rosters and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, like I was going to say, it's easy to say you stock up on the draft picks. And I honestly don't think that's uh, – you do want to have those draft picks, obviously. I mean, every once in a while, you'll get lucky like an Edmonton. And, and so you're going the Coyotes time. route. No, I'm saying I'm saying that's – you want to have some draft picks, <laughs> right. right? You want to yeah. stock up some draft picks, not maybe like to the Coyotes' extent, like kind of what Vegas did in a way, but they kind of had some aid with the expansion draft, so that's a bad example. Like they had those, they had those picks there. Um, and they were able to use them. I'm pretty sure they used one to go get Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone, if I'm not mistaken. And they, I'm pretty sure they may have used a couple of those higher-ended uh, picks to um, go out and get guys like that. That they made Max some Freddy trades, but better. then they had some they had some money too to sign players. Right, right. So it's like making sure you have money because obviously we see teams in the NHL with salary cap issues. The Blackhawks. I mean, this is the first time in a while that we can even project that they're going to have a good chunk of space. Um, and I guess it's, it's a tough question for you to answer. Like what, how I rebuild or like what I think the ideal rebuild is. I think it, it's just like, as much as I hate to say it, if you're going to completely tear it down 
uh, which in the NHL is it's a lot different than doing it in per se the MLB, right? Like the White Sox yeah. completely tore it down, and it took them five, six years to be where they're at now. Like, and then you're saying Ottawa, and you're saying Buffalo. They completely tore it down, and, and like Buffalo hasn't seen the light of day, and and geez, a very long time. I can't remember the last time they were remotely competitive. In Ottawa, I can kind of remember, you know, what was it, 2018, 17, somewhere in there, where the they made that run to the conference final, and since then they they dealt players, and and you know, I mean, and, and in between there they made a move for Duchesne and all that. So at the end of the day, I think it comes down to having some capital, some future capital, like some draft picks. Um, and then knowing when to sign those veterans is also key, right? Like the White Sox didn't, right. and, and uh, this is, this is a place where I, I can kind of relate what the White Sox did with the Blackhawks in a, in a way, just hear me out is like the White Sox didn't go out and sign, you know, veteran players like Craig. Oh, I guess not. I won't bring up Craig Green, but I'll say like, um, Liam Hendricks, um, even last year with Edward and Canacion, um, it's they waited until their their competitive window opened up. So it's like part of bringing those young guys up, and at some points, like letting them play in the AHL while your your pro squad is you know kind of suffering in a way, like not playing very well. You know, it's a bad team. You're rebuilding, and then eventually those players develop, and then when your competitive window opens, when you know like these players have turned out. Then you bring in the veteran leadership, um, and that kind of ties together with you know, um, you know, signing free agents before the season or making moves at a deadline, whatever it may be. Um, and that's when the like even like the stockpile of picks could help out because you want to. I feel like you want to have some picks that you can have to actually make picks, but then you also want to have some picks that you can use to to trade. Well, I think it's also important to just kind of like. Let's let's use Edmonton as an example. They're a team now that does have that top end talent in uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Drysidel. Very you know? very top heavy though. Like, but yeah, that's the but the issue is, yeah. and it's every team has this issue. It's you have those star players, those like franchise guys, but you don't have a roster around them. You just don't right. because right. you were one of the worst teams in the league. Right. That, the Blackhawks got very lucky to get Patrick Kane when they got Patrick Kane. Right. Right. Um, it's, it's a good point. Very good point. If you don't have the talent around them, it's those guys are going to want to just leave and go to the teams that do have it. Right. And that, that, that's a great point. Cause what is Edmonton, right? Like that's Edmonton is Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. They're, they're, you know, draft picks that turned out to be, stars but that's right. it their team is still the same that it was before those picks it's just well i mean they guys. do have they have a ton of those guys on their roster right now they have got i i don't even want to give you like it's a high number of draft picks that were from them in the first round like they're the team drafted first overall pat four times right Who, I mean, let's see let's, let's count those players taylor Connor hall McDavid, taylor Connor hall Mc, uh, taylor hall Connor mcdavid neil yakupov Nail. Leon Dreisaitl oh, no, 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 was not. Yeah, right. I get him confused with uh, Nugent Hopkins. And Nugent Hopkins, yeah. Nugent yeah. Hopkins, McDavid are the two obvious ones, and then yeah, yeah. And then uh, Leon Dreisaitl, they got a three. Um, 
but outside of that, they also like there's other guys that they've gotten in the top 10 going from like 2013, 2018 to 2019. Those are all top 10 guys. Right. That's a team that on paper should be very on good. Paper by should now. Be, on paper should be really good by now, but it also comes down to like how you manage that money. Um, how do you manage all the other players on your team? You know what and, I mean? Like, and, oh yeah. And also let's face it. I mean, you're going to, you're going to get some players that are busts too, That that happens. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, Nail Yakupov. Right. I was about to say Nail Yakupov is not even on the team anymore. They got rid yeah. of him, and he. I mean, he went to St. Louis, and since then he's been. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, it's just the issue of so the Blackhawks did get really lucky getting Taze and Kane, and totally getting the roster roster kind of like up and coming from there. But I feel like to say that drafting Taze and Kane was the reason that rebuild ended ended also probably wouldn't be accurate. Just no, because no, no. There's so many it's, other players that they had that helped build that right exactly and then that you bring in like the veteran leadership eventually like 2010 those names are a little bit fuzzy for me right now i remember like nick point was was like an older guy yeah. on the team who mm-hmm. had some experience like you know guys like that john and you, madden and andrew right, ladd had john one madden. before absolutely yeah yeah um and even marion hosa i mean you can even say yeah, in a yeah. way i mean he had the the previous stanley cup final run so it's like that that's a big part is just bringing you need to you need to know when your competitive window is going to open and you need to act accordingly and just don't sit back and act like nothing's happening. That's part of the rebuild too because you're not done rebuilding until you're an elite team in my opinion. So well, I mean, every team unless they win a championship, they haven't reached their goal. Right. You know? Right. It's 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 just it's it's crazy how at the end of the day, winning it, actually winning it all can be such a fluky thing. Right. And I know, I think we've had a conversation about it before where I said that to win, it does involve a lot of luck. And I think you, you got a little upset about that because you said, no, the best team wins. But at the same time, look at like the Washington capitals in 2018, the St. Louis blues in 2019. I don't think those teams expected to really be winning championships that, well, I mean, obviously in the room, all those players, that's why you play the game. Right. But I'm saying like, the Washington Capitals, their GM had come out and said, like, our our window or these next couple seasons, then they didn't do it, and then they managed to win it that next year. You know? It's, yeah. it's such a fluky thing where yeah, it could, you, you could do everything correctly, but then it's that next year where you just don't imagine it's going to happen, that's the year it happens. Right. And uh, that, that's, that's a good point, too, because it's the same way you have busts and other un- unforce- unforeseen things come up. It happens that way, too. In the yeah. positive direction, right? Like, I think Colorado Avalanche is the Colorado Avalanche is a good way of talking about this or good good team to bring up because, I mean, for the last what two three years now, every single person who talks about the NHL is like, all right, Colorado, they're going to be like dangerous. And what have they done? They haven't really done much. Same with the Vegas Golden Knights. I right, mean, they went right. to the Stanley Cup final, and then after that, I it's guess, been... but they 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 weren't expected to go to the. The, I mean, I guess, yeah, you're right. Same After that, right. they've been expected to do a right. lot. I, yes, and they haven't. So I think that, you know, the GM in Colorado and in Vegas, they're they're sitting there like saying, yeah, we're doing everything right. Just like these guys, it comes down to performance too. Like that's when I can bring in the Chicago Cubs. Chris Bryant, uh, Javier Baez, and uh, Anthony Rizzo, like those three guys before they got dealt this year, the last couple of years and they went to the postseason, they didn't do anything, but on paper – you would look at that Cubs team and be like, this team should win the World Series again and again because 
of that raw talent they have and experience, but yet, you know, it just comes down to players performing. And sometimes when the playoff comes around, you know, you have uh, guys who you wouldn't think performing, performing. And I think I remember towards the end of the Hawks uh, runs, like it was a known fact, like it was pretty well known that Kane and Tay is like, didn't do anything for the team in like the last couple playoff series we played, you know? So it's, it comes down to your players, your star players, you know, being those guys and, you know, fluky things happen, like you said, and then, you know, teams like Montreal come out of the, come out of the rough yeah. and, and Dallas the year before. I yeah. mean, it, I guess it isn't, it isn't a really good like picture for the league sometimes to have those like Vegas to win, win the Stanley cup during their first season of the league. That is not something you really, really want to see. And I guess the league being, it's a league of parody now. That's the thing. Everyone oh, absolutely. Says. It's like, it's yeah. such a close league where one season, the avalanche in 20, um, 16, 17, they have one of their worst seasons ever putting up just right. 48 points. And then the next season they're in the playoffs. Right. It's, and then seasons after that, they're expected yeah. to make a run for the Stanley cup. Right. It's, it's such a, just a, weird league where I guess there isn't really a recipe to rebuild. I could tell you my ideal plan would be to like kind of do something just, like just do exactly what you do on an HL 21. <laughs> yeah. Just play. <laughs> Cause you're pretty Get successful. <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about that. How successful you've been in your NHL simulations, your EA sports NHL simulations. If there's any player, if people out there that play <laughs> NHL, let me tell you how to run your team. <laughs> Don't have anyone on the roster that's older than 28 because their values are going to start dropping. So do an expansion draft, take the best players, do whatever you got to do. <laughs> then right before the season starts, trade away all that talent, just dra- take draft picks and young guys. Then you build up all those assets. It's about acquiring assets. Pat. <laughs> assets. <laughs> it's I love, I love playing franchise mode. I feel like I'm the only one that does it. No, I, I mean, I, pl- I play it, but like I play it, play it sometimes. Like I, play oh, I don't. Too, I just, I just, rec- I see, just simulate the games. Like I played twenty five. That, that's years. that's how to make it more challenging, though, right? I mean, like you gotta, act, like you can't just, you know, be like, oh, it's not know, realistic though. Game, game seven, you know, of the second yeah. round, I'm just gonna go in and, you know, put it on rookie real quick and score a game score, score ten goals real quick. Okay, I'll be I the can, first to uh, say that I've out. done that before. Yeah, right, we've all done that. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, it's not accurate because a lot of the t- in real life. If someone were right now to say, okay, I'll trade you Patrick Kane for what's a good example, like Elias Pettersson or like some young talent. Yeah. That's what I would do in this game where I would take their young guys who don't have a high cap hit, and then I would use that money to sign big players, and then I would trade those players at the deadline. Like I would just really play kind of like stingy. And then um, you know, I mean, also I feel like we talked about, you know, when you make a trade like during the offseason, you you sign you sign like the best free agent ever because you have all this money. And then this, the day after you sign him, you trade him away <laughs> and you get the notification from EA Sports saying, hey, your GM reputation is going to go down if you keep doing this. <laughs> I'd always like to imagine that I'm like kind of like the deal broker in between it. So like I'd sign, let's, what's a player, for example, like let's John, Tav- John Tavares is a free agent. I'll sign John Tavares for one year at 11 million. And then I'll go to like, Okay, let's go Toronto. I'll say here, Toronto. I'll hold back five million of that cap hit. You give me draft picks, prospect <laughs> players, <laughs> and a lot of the times it works in that game. So, 
Um, if EA's listening, I got a, I got an update for you to make the game a little bit more realistic. But yeah, we also we want to do some uh, we want to offer sheet guys and have it be as fun as it was in real life too. I'm just saying, I, <laughs> if there's some Blackhawks out there that I I'm I would be worried about getting offer sheeted like that. I feel like that's going to become the norm. The yeah, eventually um, yeah, it could be. Precedents are being set. Yeah, precedents are being set. So like. Kubalik doesn't have a contract. Doc doesn't have a contract past this, past this season. There's guys on this team that I think are interesting players to look at. And if the Blackhawks didn't, if the Blackhawks didn't go this route, where bringing in Seth Jones and doing all these different things, I feel like there would be a strong argument that they should have offer sheeted some of those guys that are available right now. Quinn Hughes doesn't have a contract with Vancouver, and neither does Elias Pettersson. So. Fair points that Vancouver needs to get that done as I'm wearing my Canucks hat today. But, uh, yeah. but, but yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Also referencing that the Kirby doc thing I just saw today, you uh, put up that article that, I mean, very well stated that the Blackhawks need to be making a move on him as soon as possible. Well, I mean, it's, it's just the writings on the wall, right? He's right. going to have knock on wood. He has, he has a good season. He does like, he's going to be, this is going to be his coming out year. He's going to be on like the top line, arguably, or if not the top line, the second line. And he's going to have a fun year playing with guys like Patrick Kane and Alex Debrinket. And that's what like we kind of are all thinking going to training camp. Obviously, different things could happen. Maybe the lineup looks completely different and all of our time's been wasted. But on paper, Debrink, excuse me, Doc should have a good season because out of necessity, the team needs him to be that guy. Right. Right. You know, they're, like, they're, like, like we were talking about on the, they're counting podcast. on him to have a good, right. he, he's going to be, he's going to be playing top line minutes, you know, right. with, with Kane and to bring obviously. And uh, the Blackhawks need to get him while he's cheap because his price from here on out only goes up unless, unless he doesn't have a good year, but it's, I mean, like you said, that it's more than likely he's going to have so far his career best year this coming season. Right. And I mean, there's just a lot of different players the team has to like figure out cap wise. And does it really make a lot of sense to wait until after like a playoff run where you're banking on some of those guys, like kind of becoming playoff guys that have a good year, you know? Right. Is it, it does it, is it in your best interest to wait till then? I mean, sure, sometimes maybe, but then, then you have cases where you get Brian Bickle. However much money you gave Brian Bickle, was it three or four million? Um, yeah, just a little bit too much money to be Brian Bickle, and then yeah, like obviously after a playoff run, if even if the Blackhawks, let's say they get out of the first round or they go two rounds, like real, like it'd be awesome if they could make it to a conference final or something like that. But that's not going to happen probably. No, probably. But let's say they did go on a little bit of a playoff run. Okay. And then all of a sudden you're looking at the stat sheet and you're looking at Dylan Strom, who, you know, in the playoffs, he was on the third line and he had a pretty good playoff run and he put up like a couple clutch goals here and there. And then he's going in to negotiate a contract and he's showing like that highlight and being like, Hey, okay. Um, (laughs) Funny, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, just while it's simplified for you, obviously a lot of those players definitely are going to want to hold out and wait, but right. it's really interesting. I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. I mean, 
Blackhawks are kind of digging themselves a hole by waiting. And uh, I mean, obviously, I think there's a lot of different things that go into it, but I think we both agree that uncertainty around your players and your contracts is not a good recipe for success. Oh, right, right. And you, you also don't want, like, two when you wait, you know, rumors come out, all that sort of thing. You don't want that sort of, you know, circus going on around your team when you should be focused on obviously one thing. So it just takes away like everything right. you want from what you actually want to go over, which is the games on the ice. Exactly. It, um, I think they made the right call getting Connor Murphy extended. I think that was a good move and there's different players that hopefully they'll get to that eventually. But right. before we talk to Jeremiah, I wanted to ask you real quick that if you had to pick like, what is your, expectation for the Stanley Cup final. Who is in it? Just give me two teams off the top of your head. We're going to be going into predictions on the next episode, but I wanted to get this early prediction right now. Early prediction right now. So my way too early uh, Stanley Cup Stanley final, Cup two final two prediction. Two teams. Um, I'm going to go with... I think the Boston Bruins are going to beat Tampa Bay this year. I, I mean, it's got to end at some point. So... I'm not picking Tampa Bay to go to my final. I'm just going to put that out real quick. I'm kind of in okay. between a couple of teams, but right now I'm going to, I think I'm going to stick with the Boston Bruins um, going back to the Stanley cup final. And then from the Western conference, again, I've had, I was kind of debating through a couple of teams that are going to be pretty good. Um, but I mean, we kind of already talked about it in this podcast a little bit, but I think this is the year that the Colorado avalanche finally with their talent, and, you know, the guys, they, they just got back their offseason. I think they're going to make it to the Stanley Cup final this year. And we'll see a, a Denver, Colorado, Boston, Massachusetts Stanley Cup final um, with the Bruins and the Avalanche. That's way too early, obviously, but I didn't just, I don't, well, Tampa Bay, like, no, didn't want to be that I, guy. So <laughs> I'd watch, I, I'd watch that final. That'd be fun. Um, <laughs> I'm going to hold you to it. It's going to be that final for the entire year. Uh, that, was, no, 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 no. It's early. way too early. Way too early. <laughs> All right. Do you want to hear my way too early pick? Yeah, it's going to be Tampa Bay and uh, I don't know. The past like two years, I think it's been Tampa Bay versus Vegas. But yeah, um, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to change it up a little bit. Um, Tampa Bay versus Arizona. Seattle versus. Uh, <laughs> I I do have to stick with Tampa Bay. Um, my. I have, we have a family the, friend the, from the, the best, uh, the best and less otherwise noted mentality. I think lightning's going to strike, uh, strike thrice for the, the bolts <laughs> three, three times. Um, we have a family friend from Tampa Bay. And uh, the last time I was on a podcast, I said that I wasn't picking Tampa Bay. I forgot who I picked, but I remember that. I, remember I think that. I picked, did I pick Toronto or yeah, maybe Edmonton picked, picked Toronto? Um, but I think you picked Toronto. I, I feel like you just can't bet against Tampa Bay until they lose. It's the same thing with Pittsburgh when they were one back-to-back. You can't bet against Tampa Bay until they lose. And, yes, they played a lot of hockey in a very short amount of time, but I'm going with Tampa Bay, <laughs> who they're playing. <laughs> exactly. Think the about Western it. Conference is the Western so- Conference. Um, right, right. It's just uh, the Western Tampa Conference Bay, is open. <laughs> Real, not even realistically. I'm just going to say it for fun. Tampa Bay versus Edmonton. We're going to go Oilers. Jesus. My goodness gracious! <laughs> that's a that's a. I, could have said Blackhawks. I, I feel like I. I mean, I thought you were, um, but 
that's a really hefty pick considering we just talked about how it's a bunch of nobodies and Connor McDavid and that's that's, you know what that's Um, that was just no that's like how they got out of the rebuild now they have some names but they're kind of they really messed themselves up with the salary cap there but yeah I think the addition of Duncan Keith um, is really going to pay Three dividends. Three-time Stanley Cup champion. Three-time so. Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. I mean, um, I feel like mine is more realistic. I mean, we're not going to – I'm not trying to, you know, say I'm an expert or anything, but – I'm not even going to lie. Mine were so good, I don't even remember yours. I'll have to listen back to see who you said. Uh, Boston Bruins and Colorado Avalanche is uh, my current – pick but uh you know that's just the thing about the western conference it's so wide open like it is i wanted like to name a pacific team yeah yeah Van- i wanted I, to name Van- a pacific team as the in the final because i just feel like the pacific's just wide open yeah vancouver i don't think they're going to be in the final but they could very well have a bounce back year and be close to the playoffs and be on that you know be on the edge of making the playoffs with second wild card but i mean pet i think the second wild card no but i'd say Anyone can be that third team in the Pacific Division. True. You have True. you have Vegas, then you have Edmonton, and then you just have teams. You have the Seattle, Kings, the San Jose, Charlotte. Anaheim, the Kings, Vancouver, Calgary. It's just wide well, let's open. About, let's just talk about the teams that we know are probably not going to be very good, and then that leaves well. That's the thing. I feel like there's that division is very top heavy in a way where it's like you're gonna have the, your you know your two best teams in the division, and then the third best team is gonna be like a team that's that would be way out of the playoffs in any other you know division or the Eastern Conference in the NHL. Like okay. like Calgary, not gonna be very good. San Jose probably not gonna be very good. LA they're gonna have I think like a you know float float around 500 sort of year. Um, Anaheim again, probably won't be too good. Seattle. I don't think they're going to be any good, but then again, that's what everyone thought about Vegas. And then you have your front runners. Like I think, um, you know, obviously Vegas is probably going to be still on the top of that division. Um, Vancouver, you know, they can be up there as well. And, uh, who am I missing? I think that Arizona's not in the division anymore. Um, I think that might be it. Oh, Edmonton and Edmonton. Yeah, obviously Edmonton will be in the, probably the second spot. It's, it's just wide open. It really is. Right. Um, yeah. That's, that's obviously I mean, like LA took a step forward. I think they could be a decent enough team. Right. Right. Um, and maybe even a, maybe even a playoff team because of that division. Right. Um, exactly. It, like, it might, I, it might be another, uh, central division takes both the wild cards sort of year. You know, that's what I'm saying. I think it, the Blackhawks a, might be one of them, or the Coyotes, or the Coyotes. You never know. That team is very, very uh, talented with all those young guys they got on it. <laughs> there's, there's Did a you, really good chance. I'm actually, trying, I was going to ask you, like, I think next week I'm going to ask you a bold prediction of how many wins do the Coyotes get this season over under. Um, <laughs> well, we could go look at what the actual over under is, and then we can, true. we can. Uh, but yeah, actually, I, I'm surprised we didn't have this on the agenda. But did, did you see the the Coyotes are rebranding? They're, yeah, the the Kachina. They're, they're going back to full time Kachina, pretty much. I mean, they yeah. didn't wear their other jerseys. I think they said like six times or something like that. But they well, I mean, brought back the so, white Kachina jersey, yeah. and they're going to wear the black one too. The black one, um, former side expert Jimmy Lynch for 
uh, Holland hockey, the black ones, they wore pretty often. Right. Uh, they pretty much specifically only wore those at home most of the time. Yeah. Um, pretty much most games they had it like every Saturday game, which they scheduled a game every Saturday, they wore those jerseys. Yeah. And I just, it's kind of similar with when Carolina did something Black. similar when they switched their jerseys up. Um, eventually, Carolina just started wearing their. Did they they really liked their home design, but not their away, right? Yeah, and then they, they started wearing yeah. their home jerseys away because they liked that design more. But yeah, and they kept their home, and then they rebranded the away. Or I shouldn't say rebranded. They redid the away yeah. jersey, and they had the black alternate jersey. They. We should also have a podcast where we power rank like our top like five or ten like jersey, not jerseys, but jersey setups like as a team. Yeah, that's that's a very easy conversation to have over a podcast where you're just describing. All right, everybody, pull out your phone and look Look at uh, (laughs) look at all these jerseys. I mean, I feel like a lot. No, well, I think that could be something we'll do, but I'm just saying like I one thing and we're about to cut to Jeremiah here, but. One thing that's really interesting to me is I wonder why teams don't have their jerseys mimic each other. Like sometimes teams have those away jerseys that look one way and their home jerseys look completely different. You know, like the Blackhawks, their jerseys are red to white. It's the same design. Yeah. But then you got Carolina, Minnesota with the different and I guess, yeah, Carolina, Minnesota. I think Carolina's might now be the same. Besides the Canes. Like I'm saying, like right, the Blackhawks, right. it's exactly the same. The Cane, yeah. the Hurricanes, it's it says Canes, and the Homes has their yeah, uh, their like storm eye right on the right on the front. But man, yeah, we get and then like the, like yeah, the Rangers are the like you know it's exactly the same. Bruins exactly the same. But then you have some teams where yeah, it's a little bit different um, and interesting because you would think I I'm kind of of the opinion that they should be. The same, but then you get some teams that have some interesting ones. Like, I do like the can- the Canes because, like, the, the striping and all that is exactly the same between the home and the way. The only difference yeah. is just the word mark. And I, I again, I'm a, I'm a big baseball fan. I just love scripted hockey jerseys. That kind of that, right. that's kind of something that translates from my love of baseball to hockey. That's why I think like the Rangers, um, the Canes, you know, teams that buff the the Buffalo Sabres alternate that they released with the it says Buffalo across I think that's been a while since they released that yeah. one. but like let's what? don't be afraid let's start let's start putting city names and and team names on on the jersey like the Canes that's that's perfect like with the Hawks they should have one that says like Chicago that'd be so sweet if they did something what? like that I think I think I'll tell you this one I think my least favorite jersey and I can't really describe it perfectly right now, but do you remember how Minnesota's jerseys used to be red? Red, yeah. Oh, that yeah, was are, just those are not good. They're they're their colors green, you know. Like you know, that was Minnesota just kind of weird. Just, they just kind of. I like they could do so many cool things with the colors that they have. With like, I consider their primary is that forest green. Their secondary is that like tannish, and then their third is that red. Yeah, yeah, that was awful. And then the crust looks so weird. Just those Minnesota Wild in the circle with their logo in the middle. Um, the ones that I would really wish they would bring back uh, are the cursive Minnesota ones that they wore for a while. The green ones that said Minnesota across the front. Um, those, I think, are some of the best jerseys I've seen since being a fan um, of hockey. And they should have totally uh, did done the same thing for their away and like script the, the away jersey like that but 
Um, well, can before right before we cut now to Jeremiah, uh, if you have some time right now, look up the Minnesota Wilds um, 2022 Winter Classic jersey. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. just talking about maybe doing a little bit too much. Yeah. Those are, those were interesting. There's like, um, there's a lot of striping going on. Just like a, a stripe across the, yeah, like the very top chest, the upper chest. Yeah. Um, they, I feel like it could have been better than that, but I mean, I don't, I'm not of the opinion that it stinks, but it's definitely not killer. It's they could have done better. So, I, I mean, mean I mean, not oh, geez. And Jared Spurgeon's their captain. What is going on in Minnesota? And then Zach Parise is gone, even though he didn't really do much for them. Did uh, you see they, they just signed their guy though? Caprice off, yeah. Kirill yeah. yeah, he's um, he's coming back. Then Minnesota I, posted him saying like, "I'm coming back, Minnesota." Yeah, I think it like so. Wasn't this his first season though? Um, yes. It was. I feel like he was there. I think this was his second year. Oh, uh, maybe maybe you're right. Uh, he, sorry, he's only played 55 games in the league. Okay, yeah. What's his first season? 24. I mean, obviously, he came over from Europe. Like, he's already played hockey for a long time. Yeah. Um, but to give him like that yeah. big of a contract, was it, was it like 11 mil? It was up there. Sorry, it's not 11 mil. Uh, I could have swore maybe I, I was looking at a baseball thing. I don't know. No, it's 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 uh nine million for. Five years. Oh, okay. Yeah, but pretty close. That's, yeah, that's, that's a lot a, of money. That's a that's, big payday. Yeah. But you know what? That is also a Minnesota Wild contract where you get Zach Parise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, so it's Ryan Suter. I mean, <laughs> Suter's been all right for them. But yeah, Parise, that, that, that was kind of yeah. a disaster. That did not work out, which stinks because I have my uh, green Minnesota Zach Parise jersey that I have from when I went to a game up there. And now we have our site contributor feature of the podcast. We are here with Jeremiah Lee once again. Jeremiah, great to be back with you uh, on the Black Hawk Up podcast once again. Thanks for having me again. Looking forward to what we're going to talk about. Yeah, it's two-time guest right here. Two-time. Two-time, two-time. guest. Yeah, the, the first two-time guest in the podcast history. This is a, That's a milestone right there. We'll have to call Steve next week just to keep going back and yeah, forth steve, i guess steve might have to might have something to say about that i guess we'll we'll see what's going on with him if he can bring, bring it back in the show or we can just have jeremiah and he can run up the score <laughs> but uh yeah we're going to talk a little bit about the the prospect showcase the uh tom Kerber's prospect showcase named after the uh, minnesota wild gm who tragically uh, passed away during the offseason uh but the blackhawks dropped minnesota playing some uh well the blackhawks prospect team i should be more accurate and say that uh they're up in minnesota playing some games against the, the wilds prospect team as well Blackhawks lost both the games. They don't mean anything. Just, I guess, for bragging rights, if you want to say. Um, it's like I don't know, Blackhawks. man. This is, it's a tough look because the team is going to be made up of almost all these guys. True. I, I really <laughs> no, was I'm expecting... Kidding. That was a Evan, Evan Barrett was going to be my top line pick for the season. But, um, <laughs> after, that, after the showcase, I, I don't think so anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Didn't he, he scored a goal. Yeah, but it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was. It was so so bad, so sloppy. Uh-huh. Like I know it's a showcase, but the Wild looked clean. The Blackhawks looked like they were trying to still understand what they were doing. It was not a. It wasn't fun to watch. So Jeremiah, I mean, as you, you obviously did watch it, so let's ask. I want to ask you this one question. Um, I think everyone going into this wanted to see Lucas Reichel, and we did get to see him play a little bit. So, what were your thoughts on Reichel during that game? Uh, so Reichel started at center, 
Um, and I thought that was good for his development because he would be either a winger or a center to get some versatility wherever he goes. And I think they want him at center anyway, but he's really good at faceoffs. Like I was like, I was surprised. He won almost every faceoff that he took. So he's, he's an option, honestly, for center. This, not really this season, maybe next season, but he surprised me because I thought that he would get overpowered by like the big names like Matt Boldy and Marco Rossi. Which he did stat-wise, but what he did on the ice was he was able to skate, control the play, played on the penalty, played on the penalty kill and the power play. I don't know, man. Like he he's pretty good for and even against the competition because you know that the Wild are pretty stacked on their like on their uh, mm-hmm. pipeline. But Reiko uh, still stood out. I was surprised. I really think. It's interesting because, yeah, he did kind of stand out. and He obviously was the Blackhawks' best, best player there. But sure. people might take away from it like, okay, well, then maybe he should be in the opening night roster or something like that. But there's a big difference from being the top guy during a prospect showcase like that and then being the top guy or just being on the lineup for a regular season game. Do you really think – do you think it's in the Blackhawks' best interest to start him in the NHL or do you think he starts in the AHL? Um, like we usually see with players like this, they are really good in juniors or they're really good in the minors. When you get to the NHL, it's a whole new, whole new level, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they probably most definitely will not be as impactful as they were in the juniors and in the minors. So he looked really good and he does have an, he does have a case to make the opening roster. But based on how they rushed Adam Boquist and Kirby Doc in the past couple seasons, I would like to I would like it to be a a slow kind of promotion. Like I want him to be able to show that he could play in the minors first, like actually dominate in the minors, and then they can call him up because of how much how much hype he has around him right now. Yeah. You can't exactly get a prospect and throw him into the like throw him from it's such an easy situation and then throw him in with the wolves and then expect him to do the same thing because the nhl is a whole new level from even the ahl as you all know and i feel like he should prove himself in the ahl first and then move up to the nhl when the blackhawks can see that he is having too much of an easy time in the ahl to produce because he's expected to be from what i understand he's expected to be among the next generation of blackhawks superstars who are going to lead the Blackhawks towards the next generation of contention. So unless he can actually show he can do it in the AHL with ease, it would be best for him and the Blackhawks to just leave him in the AHL for the season if he cannot get that production that you need. No, I really agree with that. I feel like it's not going to hurt him to start him in the AHL this season. Obviously, he's not a regular prospect where he's already kind of played professional hockey overseas and he's, you know, he's a little bit of an older prospect too. So I think at the end of the day, it probably makes the most sense to start him in the AHL next season and then just kind of see where it goes. I think so. Um, I think that'd be, that's better for everybody. Cause you can see with like Trevor, uh, Trevor Zegras from An- in Anaheim. Um, he started in the AHL and then he got his call up and he was amazing in his games right. in the NHL based on how, how fast he was going from AHL to NHL and still contribute and still show that he is that top prospect that the Anaheim Ducks thought him to be in the draft that saw Kirby Duck go third overall. 
So you can I see mean, that those players who have a slow start actually have a better impact. So I, I'm I mean, saying that Reich will be better off in the AHL. I feel like going back to even, you know, I could name a couple guys like Tervinen, um, Yoki Haru, Doc Debrinka, these guys that kind of were rushed into the league a little bit. There's a lot of them. Um, and it, it, yes, it was a little bit out of necessity. And then I also think it was just a little bit out of like, kind of greed to want to watch those guys play right away and want to see them in the NHL because you think they do have the talent. And yes, while they do have some talent, is it really nourishing it correctly to start it out in the league like that? No, I bet maybe if they had spent some time in the NHL, kind of like gaining some confidence, maybe it would have worked out better, you know? Right. But I don't know. I feel like, um, I feel like you need to understand your skills and your and your uh, your weaknesses in the minors, so you can figure out how it's find your way to improve at those at the smaller at the less experience level. We're not playing guys like Connor McDavid, and one mistake mm-hmm. gets you you know a goal against and a minus on your on your plus minus average. But like you said, Alex Debrinket. Well, Alex Debrinket was interesting because he really shouldn't have gone in the second round. If the no. NHL was what it was today, he should have gone like top 10, honestly, because mm-hmm. of his skill and his shot. So he honestly, I, I'm not exactly like, oh, he shouldn't have gone to the NHL right off the bat because he's a good, he's really good. Like, he's a good player. Like no one's going to say yeah. that like he wasn't drafted in the first round because he wasn't good enough to be drafted in the first round. It's because well, the guy was 5'7", 150. And he didn't go to the NHL right away because he spent another year playing with the Otters. Yeah. So, so you can see that like th- that slow rise to the NHL is beneficial for almost every young player, unless you're like Patrick Kane, who mm-hmm. just goes to the NHL, gets 50 points or off the bat. So I, I think it also, it, it goes back to what Patrick, what we were talking about earlier about how's the correct way to rebuild a team. Um, you do kind of want to, you draft those players to obviously play in the NHL eventually, but you also draft some of those guys to kind of bump up your farm system where you're trying to kind of, grow the pipeline of different players you have you know patrick what are your thoughts on um another guy colton doc kirby doc's brother um i i mean obviously i don't think he's going to be on the pro team um but you know just looking at guys like you guys already mentioned lucas reichel even like other guys like alec regula had a decent prospect showcase as well but Colton, uh, Colton Doc, what are my thoughts on him? I think that it's cool that Kirby Doc is his brother and that he's on the Hawks and they're both <laughs> on the Hawks. But I think, I think that's Expert. honestly just about where that goes. <laughs> Expert analysis. I mean, obviously, he did have some chances during the showcase, kind of set up from Raquel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jeremiah, you could probably speak a little bit more about that too. Yeah. Uh, so Colton Doc, actually, he had a decent showcase. Wasn't necessarily what I thought that he would have. I thought he'd be more impactful, I think, being honest, with the shot, but he missed a wide-open net on the power play. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, that's to be expected for a young player like him. But yeah. something that really, that I really like about him is his his uh, his hard work, like his work ethic. Mm-hmm. He would be going into, into the board battles and he'd win most of them, right? So he's using his big body for not just, you know, going on the offense, but his, he's using his size and his work ethic to actually make more of an impact when he knows that his offensive production is not there. 
for a successful player, that's what you actually need to have. If yeah. you have a slump, you can't. If you can't, if you can't shoot and get points on the board, you need to do whatever you can to make an impact. You know, and that's what I believe he did with his work ethic and his size. He would not. If he would lose the puck, he would be right back in there head first to get the puck back. I really like that about him, especially when he was having a frustrating showcase. But overall, yeah, he's not going to be in the league for like at least another like two, three years. And I think that's the right move. I think they, I think they kind of drafted in, in Colton Doc a long-term player that they can look at and maybe it pans out to being an NHL player. Right. If it does work out eventually, that's obviously going to be great for the team. Um, but it's going to take a little bit of time to get there. Right. I, and I also think that, I mean, everybody knew that Colton Doc would be drafted in the second round based yeah. on the rankings and what like Bob McKenzie or those other analysts said about him. He was going to go in the second round. So I, mean, I think many people think that the Blackhawks drafted Colton Doc just because he's Kirby's brother. But they wanted him. He was <laughs> He's Kirby's brother, so that's another incentive to draft him. And he's right there when he when they were looking at who they wanted to draft next. So I feel like they have they have a good player for the future, but right now he needs a lot more work. Right. I mean, um, it's it's important that you you know keep like you guys are just having that conversation. Like bringing guys up too early could be detrimental to their career. And I mean, I mean, and part of it, it's like, oh yeah, like of course I want to be called up to the show, but um, you know, if it's too early, you can kind of leave a sour taste in the organization, like in your mouth and the organization's mouth, because like you obviously don't play the way you should. And the team's like, well, you're not playing the way you should. We're going to either send you back down or get rid of you. And that's, you know, kind of unfair to some players that, you know, maybe deserve some more time developing in the AHL. And while sometimes it's not, you know, the big flashy, you know, showtime move, like, you know, the, that's what everyone wants to do, but for, you know, it could be the best, for most players just to sit, sit back and develop their game and refine it and be a good NHL player at the end of the day. Yeah, well, I Jer- agree with you. I also Jeremiah, think that, the... Go oh, I also think that um, like, when we were talking about prospects that were rushed way too fast, the first player that comes to my mind is Adam Boquist. I believe that Adam Boquist could have been that Eric Carlson-like player when he was in his prime who can score goals but still not be a lot, but actually be able to defend as well, be that elite defenseman that you really need on a team. But he was rushed to the NHL way too early, messed up his confidence quite a bit. He couldn't go to the AHL because I think Jeremy Roenick said this or somebody else that the AHL was like NHL of 1970s. Like You go there and if you're small and skilled, you're going to get eaten alive. So the the conversation, with him goes both ways. Are they sent to the AHL? He gets injured for the season, or sent to the NHL and he gets confidence ruined for the next two years, two three years. But I still think he would. I, I think he was another guy who was who was rushed and should have spent more time with his development before he threw him into the big leagues. You know, I think Jimmy might get a little upset about that comment because I remember being on a podcast with him and Jim was like, "No, just wait. He's going to be good." <laughs> I mean, he might he might be good, but I remember Jimmy yeah. making a hard case. I was just I was just saying because. I remember talking me talking to Jim about it when you, I was kind of saying, you know, it's starting to get to the point where Adam Boquist, you know, might be a bust. And Jimmy's like, no, not yet. Which fair point, but still. Yeah, I think, uh, like I think I think Columbus. Sorry, I think Columbus might Go actually ahead. send him to the AHL, like right off the bat, because I think they know that he might. He still has that potential to be a good player, 
but they know that he still needs more development before he gets to the NHL. You know, get that that bulkiness or get that size that you really need to not be a liability when you're trying to defend in front of the net or when you're trying to win a board battle behind the net to stop a break to stop a behind the net play for a one timer or something like that. So I mean, he is a good fair, player. Though, maybe Columbus is kind of like an AHL roster. <laughs> right, but then you got to understand that they're what they're in the met, they're uh, in the metropolitan division. So you're going to have to play the New York Rangers, New York Islanders, Washington Capitals, Pittsburgh Penguins, Philadelphia Flyers. You throw Adam Boquist into the NHL roster this year, he's going to be even worse than last year because that competition is insane. But honestly, the central division is also like that. You don't want to you don't want to rush prospects anymore because all these divisions, well, almost all these divisions, the so Pacific Division, not so much, but the Atlantic, Metro, and Central Division, all of them. Like I think you have like a bonafide like last 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 team in the standings, mm-hmm. but everybody else like well Arizona Coyotes will probably be the eighth eighth ranked team in the Central at the end of it. Colorado might be the first. In the middle though, it's a free game. You don't Anything know who's going to make it. Yeah, you don't know who's going to make it. You don't know who's going to be that the surprise team that makes all the way to the playoffs. You have no idea. Same with Columbus. You're like, I don't really want to rush anybody early because I don't want to mess up their development, and we actually might have a chance to do something. But I want to I want to ask you about one other player from the showcase. What were your thoughts on Nolan Allen? Nolan Blackhawks first first round pick from this past draft. Like on the defense, he was kind of like a shock to see him get drafted that high. But what were your kind of thoughts? Did did anything pop out, or probably could also be nothing? He's still a young guy who is going to be a long way away from making the league. What were your thoughts? He's mean, man. He is such a mean player. He's like. Whenever he has a chance to hit somebody, cross-stick somebody, or slash somebody, he's going to do it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really refreshing to watch because you don't really remember the last time the Blackhawks had a defenseman like that. Who, If he was on the ice, everybody knew that if, gonna, if, he's, if you were the guy he's going to cover, you're not going to get out of that shift to let a slash or a cross-check. Because even when, when, he's on the, when he's trying to defend somebody, he hits them. When he has the puck, he passes the puck. Someone tries to hit him, he hits them back, and that guy falls down. It was amazing to watch. But there wasn't enough of a sample size, in my opinion, to really have yeah. an idea of what he can do at any level because this is a showcase, and he didn't exactly stand out, but he wasn't bad either. So it's it's weird because he's like a, he's right in the middle. He wasn't like a standout guy, but he wasn't like, oh, this guy's not getting anywhere. So no, that, that's I personally like they're... him, but... It's up to everybody else, I guess. That's definitely the right answer, just to say that, you know what, they, it's not enough to judge one of those young guys like that. You just kind of got to wait and see where they go from there. Um, yeah. And we're a little crunched on time, so we're going to try and get going soon. But Pat and I were talking earlier about our uh, picks to win the Stanley Cup this season. And Patrick Luders, Luder, ludicrously suggested the um, Boston Bruins and the Colorado Avalanche face off in the finals. So, let me ask you, I, I know we didn't talk about this, and this is going to just kind of maybe throw you off a little bit, but if you had to give a way-too-early prediction for who's going to be in the Stanley Cup Finals, who's it going to be? It's hard to knock off the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'll say that. Ah! Three years in a row. <laughs> three years in a row is really hard to do, but if anyone can do it, the Tampa Bay Lightning with their roster probably can. They had a lot of guys who departed, but I don't. it's really hard to, you know, Knock him off because you have uh, Andre Vasilevsky still in net. Victor Hedman and the defensive corp is still there. Steven Stamkos, Brandon Point, Nikita Kucherov, and all and the guys who made an impact this past playoffs are still there as well. So it's really gonna, it's really hard to knock them off. But 
Patrick oh, no. thinks I emailed you a script right now. No, no, I just <laughs> I, it's it's going to be hard to knock them off, but I think I think it's even harder to win three Stanley Cups in a row. I mean, that's very hard to do. Right. If it's they do it, it's a dynasty. Very, very. Oh, period. yeah. Are you kidding me? How would it not be? How would it three times in a row not be a dynasty? Well, you know, you it could is, argue yeah. the first one didn't count because it was, you know, a bubble. <laughs> yeah, and then the second yeah. one, shortened, seasoned, and the third one, yeah. I don't know. But I don't know. It's a dynasty. Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning, I think, is on the is up there. Florida Panthers are a dark horse, in my opinion, because you have Joel Quinville and their team made a whole, made a, you know, ins- you know the, made the, the impact with the offseason. The Lightning do have the best, uh, one of the best Blackhawks in history on their roster in Brent, Brent Seabrook. Seabrook. So yeah, you just wait until until the playoffs start, and then all of a sudden Brent Seabrook's healthy. Like, uh, <laughs> um, gosh, the Kucherov, he's going to just come into the locker room. And all of a sudden, Brent Seabrook's going to be like a new man on that team. <laughs> but so, but yeah, I don't yeah, know. Tampa Bay and then Tampa Bay Lightning, I think, um, in the West. Wide open. Wide open, man. You can have the Colorado Avalanche. Or the, I, don't think, I don't think Vegas this year. I think Colorado might have the better chance in Vegas. But the West is wide open, man. You got such a competitive two divisions. Anybody can make it into the playoffs and not make it to the playoffs. Like I, my pick is the Colorado Avalanche. My way too early pick or prediction. You get, you get to the finals, but that conference final, oh Arizona versus uh, Seattle, <laughs> is going to be great. That'd be hilarious. Can you imagine? Like you just hit each other, and whoever gets through with their star players wins this wins this entire series. Yeah, honestly, that would, I mean, if they had like a. If they had, like, you know, obviously the Stanley Cup playoffs and then the, the not Stanley Cup playoffs with the 14 teams that did make it, that'd be just as entertaining to watch. <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Yeah. That'd actually be awesome to see. That's how they pick their uh, who gets the oh, first overall lottery. pick. Yeah. That'd be yeah. So, so much worse. That'd be, that almost, so. that'd be so, actually a lot more entertaining to me. Like who, the lottery. Who actually wants to win? Who doesn't want to win? That kind yeah. of thing. Actually, yeah, because yeah, then you can't just eat, like, you know, just say, all right, we're done trying. You actually got to still fight for the pick. I like that. Awesome. I still think the NHL should, uh, or not even NHL, I, I still th- think the uh, American sports system, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, should go to what the European soccer leagues do and get relegated to a lower league if you stink. Because why are we rewarding failure? I, I I understand the argument you're trying to make here, but because then the teams N- would just go bankrupt eventually, which is what they deserve if they're not going to try. The NHL does not have it does not have that kind of market to relegate teams. I, I know. I mean, it's not a realistic thing to say, but I think well, it, I know. But you said it, so now it's that's, realistic. That's a, it's out there. Yeah. That, that's a hot take, Patrick. I'm not going to lie, man. Really. That's a that's a hot take because like I I personally don't really think it's going to work because I mean. Like Jimmy said, the market for hockey isn't exactly to the point where you can have two professional or three professional leagues and you relegate them for some other reason. Because like, I think that if you suck for a long time, hypothetically, you should get the, those draft picks and those prospects that will send you back to contention, which is why I think that it's so important to understand the process and trust the process. Because but, if you suck for so long, it's weird because... The, the European Soccer League, and from what I understand, they can sign guys, but they don't exactly, like, draft guys. The thing with the NHL is that if you're really bad, you get the highest draft pick, and you have a chance to build around that draft pick. 
with further draft picks down the line. Because like with Steve Eiserman, he's like, we're going to suck. We're, we know we're going to suck, but we'll get those guys who will make us not suck anymore. And that's the process for them. But relegation, that's a good, that's I like, it's not a bad idea if you're like if for basketball or something, but for hockey, the market's just not there to have another, you know, professional league. Or just send, so. send a, make one of the teams have to fly out to Russia and play in the KHL or something like that. Or, <laughs> in the line in the KHL. <laughs> but I, I, I just, I don't think, uh, I mean, obviously it's, it's never going to change. I mean, no, I it's something remember. different and it's something where like, yeah, it's, a fun it's conversation. just like, why would you reward failure? It's, that's just my thing. It's like, it, 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 and obviously, yeah, like the structure is different. You know, obviously European soccer, it's not the same way the way we draft and everything like that. Yeah. But, but still it's like, in my opinion, like at that point, like some of those clubs are fighting for their lives. Like, you know, that you hear of sometimes, you know, clubs maybe folding and stuff like that. So obviously I'm not saying that bad teams deserve to just be gone, but, but it's just like at the same time, it's like, well, then they actually have something to fight for. And it's more, I don't know, maybe it would up the competitiveness because it stinks when you just see a team that's like, all right, we're just going to tank because we want the pick. So we're calling it early. Yeah. You're you're trying to really like deteriorate tanking. You're trying to get rid of that, which honestly, it's it's a fair it's, argument. That's the but it's a but it's I'm, an easy thing to do. The lottery and all that kind of stuff. It is in place for teams that are just bad. Period. Like yeah. And I can't. I'm trying to think of an example of one right now off the top of my head. But a lot of the teams they've used the system to kind of just also tank, like Arizona, for example. Yeah, the Chicago Blackhawks also in the early 2000s. They were yeah. horrendous, but then oh, they got yeah. this draft yeah. pick, and they became yeah. the dynasty that they are, that they that they are, right. or that they were. But I mean, so like you know that the that the draft system is actually needed to bring those teams who suck back to contention. Right. And then, so like that's, I think that's why like the draft should nothing should really change, and why I understand yeah. taking. It's just not fun to watch a tanking team, right? But at the same time, it's like you know if they tank, hypothetically, they would get that the high uh, draft selection, and then a stacked draft. You get your franchise player in like top like five six, so right, and like you can even like make an argument in your in your guys's favor where it's like okay, you can tank and you can get like you could. I mean, even kind of Edmonton's a good good example. It's like you can tank and get a good player, but there's still more work that needs to be done. Like if yeah. you get kind of if you just have Connor McDavid on your team, which is kind of like Edmonton right now, he literally carries that team. You're still. Like, well, I'm not. I'm just shaking my head in a disagreement. Uh, to all the Oilers fans out there, because <laughs> <laughs> we yeah we we have to. Jimmy does work for uh, Oil on White. He, he oh, is, yeah, <laughs> uh, that he is a kind of a an Edmonton Oilers fan. He does have a jersey and everything. So I should I should I shouldn't be as rude as I am. But yeah, I, that's just to illustrate my point of saying like, once you get the guy, you still have some GM work to do. It's not right. that's, that's that's a fair point. Like yeah, that's why you can support the system where it's like yeah. You, you can tank all you want, but you also need to know what to do after that to build around that player. So, right. I don't know. I, I, I still understand tanking. And my thing is that like, you need to trust the process. If you want the process to work, if you try and rush the process, it's just not going to work. So like everybody under like this thing going around at the national hockey league called the Iser plan. Every like that's gone around <laughs> the, the hockey league, like the NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning had the Iser plan. They're now like contenders for another Stanley Cup. The Detroit Red Wings are, are excited, even though they're watching the tanking team again. They know that he, the Iser plan usually leads to extended success. So I'm like tanking. I like if you're trying to tank, at least have a plan 
after your season of tanking further on so you actually know what you're doing because I think if Edmonton actually took it slow, they probably would be a better team. Not to tick you off, Jimmy, but I feel <laughs> like if you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl just carrying your team who are solid, like, five seasons. I th- Guys, they have do Duncan Key. <laughs> Whoa, top, top four defensemen, second, second pairing defensemen. But that, I don't know. That's- I love the Who's their goalie? Who's their goalie again? Mike Smith. Mike Smith. Oh Mike yeah, Smith. <laughs> can't forget about that Arizona Coyotes legend. If we're going to tie it back to Holland Hockey as well, uh, I love the goodness. argument that was. Uh, it was kind of like, so uh, they trade for Duncan Keith. He's an older player, and is he? I think he's thirty-seven or thirty-eight now. Uh, he's old. I, yeah, he's. Uh, I for think an he's NHL player, he's old. So, like they draft or they trade for him, and then. The Ken Holland's like addressing the media and he's talking about like, uh, they ask him questions like, oh, okay, you trade for this kind of like an older guy in Duncan Keith. What are your thoughts on him? And it's like, well, so he back in the day, Ken Holland was also the GM for Detroit when they traded for Chris Chelios. Chris Chelios is obviously a very different player than Duncan Keith. Um, so Keith is 38 right now. And so when they trade him for him, he was 37. And the, 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 the um, reporters were like, what are you doing trading for a 38 year old defenseman? Like he's kind of an older player. Do you really think he's going to be able to play out this contract? And like, is he going to be working out with the team? And he goes, Oh, well, you know, he's only 37. He turns 38 in a couple of days. And like, that yeah. was one of the arguments made to like, kind of like kind of say that it was going to work. Yeah. out. I honestly, I'm excited to watch Keith this season. I think there's a good chance that he does have somewhat of a bounce back. I still think he still is like a, very strong physical player and he's right he's he's still like i don't his body really hasn't aged very much i still think he can not really and he's also that guy that that i think you'll be happy to hear this jimmy but he's that one guy that you actually need on your team to win to go far in the playoffs because you got the young talent who really don't Mm -hmm. don't have that you know winning pedigree then you bring duncan keith when three Stanley Cubs went to like five conference finals, this guy knows what he's doing. And if you have him in your locker room with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and those guys, those guys are going to hit a whole new level in their game because yeah. you got a guy who's comp- who can lead the young, the, not young team anymore, but the unproven team further and further into contention. So I like the, I like the trade because I'm a Blackhawks fan, but I think the Edmonton Oilers really shouldn't be I th- like, honestly, I'd say for this trade, I'd say it was a positive trade for both sides. It really was. I think that's the best way to put it. The Blackhawks, they got rid of the some salary and they brought in Caleb Jones and they got some draft picks out of it. Right. Um, and also like, yes, you're going to miss Keith. But then at the same time, they added so much to their blue line that they really aren't going to miss Keith this coming season on right. the ice. Obviously, in the locker room, it's a different story. Yeah. But. Um, I think that's a good note to leave it on today. So, Jeremiah, thank you for joining us. Heck of a time talking to Jeremiah there. Yeah, he's uh, he's fun to talk to. Second time on the podcast, as we mentioned before. First, uh, first contributor to reach two times. And I'm sure we'll be hearing more from him as we go forward. He's obviously got a lot of knowledge on the game. And he had a I, – I personally thought his, his breakdown of the prospect tournament was awesome, unbelievable, unbelievable job. It really was. I mean, it, it was something that – while it was covered by a lot of different outlets and stuff, it was something that 
people didn't really dive very deep into because of the fact that it's just two games that really don't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Right. And so, actually I, I was going to mention this when we were talking to him, like the, the only coverage I found, I looked it up like Tom Curver's, uh, you know, prospect yeah. tournament and the Minnesota wild had like a post tournament right up on their website, but nothing from the Blackhawks anywhere. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of weird. So yeah, it's like not as covered, but you would think that, I mean, Jeremiah was there. I mean, he, he, uh, he knew his stuff for that. And uh, I mean, obviously great insight, yeah. great contribution there. And I think his greatest contribution of all was his uh, Tampa Bay lightning kick. Yeah. You know, I, uh, it would have been nice I, to know you sent him a script uh, before I, this podcast. Without I have knowing. to apologize because <laughs> I, I feel like that clapped uh, what, after he said it, I clapped a little bit and I'm worried about the audio for the podcast, <laughs> but uh should be okay. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's the, the secrets out. We're going off a script here. That's uh, <laughs> that's the only logical answer for him picking. Tampa, right? <laughs> I mean, but, but. He, 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 I mean, Hey, he agreed with your Tampa Bay pick and then he agreed with my Colorado pick in a way. So it was kind of even true, even there. So but hey, he, man, didn't, he, he didn't read the part about Edmonton yet. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We actually didn't even, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, like, uh, you know, it's hard to win three Stanley cups in a row. It's very hard. Very few teams. Yeah. There've been teams to do it, but very few teams have, and it's so rare and I get it. They're the champions unless otherwise noted, but it's just too hard to win three in a row. So, I mean, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to knock the, the King off the Hill. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but they're just such a good team. They they're are. There's, and even though they lost some good players until this you off get, season, you know, until Columbus comes into town and sweeps you. So, you know, well, very possible. <laughs> Pat Maroon is just going to keep winning Stanley Cups until he retires. Yeah, that I'm, I'm, I'm on board for that. Good for that guy. I mean, geez, Louise, he is. Uh, he's he's ha- he's been having the time of his life these past three summers. I mean, good for him. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Colorado. Very plausible that they do it, but Tampa Bay, obviously a very good pick, but yeah, you know, they you know, I, uh, in a row. we're we're a week, pretty much a week away till the start of preseason. Anything else you want to plug before we call it a day? Um, I think uh, what we talked about, you know, our Stanley Cup final predictions, and um, I think that that was important, but I think. What do you think about – I know we have this on the script. But I also just kind of genuinely want to hear your thoughts. We could talk about it real quickly. The The most exciting team to watch this year. And, and I mean, we, we could – I mean, obviously we're biased, but, I mean, the Blackhawks are – I think are going to actually be a very exciting team to watch. I agree. I'm not going to say Blackhawks. Right, but right. But still, I, they, they're they are going to be – they're going to be a great team to watch this season. I guess when you talk about exciting teams – um, there's a couple different question marks that you're want, trying to answer there. You know what I mean? Obviously, Carolina is going to be a fun team to watch. They always are. Yes. Um, yes. And just they're such an offensively minded team with so many great players. Of course, I'm going to say Carolina. I, I'm excited to watch them. But also at the same time, just the thrill around a new team, even though Seattle might not be the best team, I am probably going to tune, tune into some of those games just because I'm excited to see Oh, yeah. Hockey in a new market. 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the Seattle Kraken, that's going to be, I mean, I remember how fun it was watching Vegas's first night, right? how cool yeah. that was. And then, um, you know, then they went on that run and obviously that, that whole thing started, but you know, the Kraken might not go on a run like that, but still they're going to be playing in a brand new stadium. They're going to be playing in front of, in front of a brand new market with fans that, you know, up in Seattle, some, some people out there are hockey people. It's a definitely a hockey town. Um, and I've been waiting for this for a long time and, you know, hopefully I'm excited to see it might not develop right away, but like a Seattle Vancouver rivalry. Yeah. A hundred percent would be awesome. Cause they're right and there. Vancouver is another team. Honestly, pet, there's very few teams. I'm not excited to watch this season. I mean, um, obviously we're very excited to watch the Ottawa senators. That's going to be a great year for them. Right. <laughs> but Arizona yeah, too yeah. is another great, no, I'm Arizona and their new, away jerseys that's the new rebrand yeah don't you kind of think it is a little funny that when all that's going on with their team is just bad stuff and just they're not going to be good and then you're like but wait guys i know what you've been asking for got the jerseys back (laughs) the away ones so you have to come travel and watch us on the road well, no, they, what they, well, they also, you know, they also announced if you, you know, are still site expert at Howland Hockey, maybe you would know this, maybe this, I'm going to take your job now, but your old job, but they, uh, they're going to wear them at home like once or twice. So they, they're Jeez, fans that's actually kind of like, like Vegas, Vegas, remember how they wore their whites at home, like once or twice their first year with those jerseys they're going to, and, and I think Seattle might've announced that they might be wearing their whites at home once or twice. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, obviously it's when money isn't coming, you find a way to bring money and you make money. And so that's kind of what they're doing is, you know, obviously exploiting the fact that people are going to like those jerseys and buy those jerseys and maybe even come to games and watch when they're wearing those jerseys. So, um, yeah, it's obviously when times get tough. I mean, just like we talked about the Blackhawks, when the bot, inevitably when the Blackhawks get bad again, that's when they're going to do all their fun, hopefully number retirements and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's. I thought that was pretty cool that they did that. Uh, although I do kind of like their, you know, the modern looking ones with the the coyote head on them. I think those I, are pretty cool. I didn't I, really want to say it, but I don't really like the Kachina jerseys very much. I, I, if I'm being honest, I think their logo. I like the, I like their logo, and I like their jerseys. Um, the the current stuff that they have. The well, now current former. I oh guess, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they had some good uniforms, and I think they could have done, they could have done like a, like the Blackhawks back in the day. Like take those uniforms they had last year, the maroon and the white, and then make a black one of those the same same yeah. format. Oh, that would have been, been really cool. So yeah. cool. Those would look so sharp. But yeah, I mean, I like the Kachina jersey. I think it's a cool like, cool throwback. That's the thing, though. I think that's what they should stay. You know, like keep it as something you you can wear them often, but just yeah. don't make it your new identity. And you're, you you kind of see it um, in a lot of ways around sports right now. Like, yeah. take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays. Like, they their rebrand a couple of years ago um, was kind of like a rebrand using um, their like retro theme, right? Like, and the White Sox they didn't rebrand, but like they they have their. I guess that that's actually forget about that. That's not a good example. But like, there are the Houston Astros. I think have kind of done that a little bit. Um, but just like there are a lot of sports teams now that are saying, okay, we're just going to re-identify the way we did 20 years ago or 30 years ago or for whatever it is. And I think it's kind of a more common theme, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's cool. I the jerseys. I, I like the Kachina jerseys. They're cool. They're classics. You know, you can't beat them. But I think that's how they should stay. Is you know, re- uh, retros that you wear. You know, out of an eighty-two game season, wear the black ones ten times, wear the white ones ten times. Call a day. Yeah. And, and you know what we don't see in the NHL a lot is a color versus color games. So like a red jersey versus a, a blue jersey, you don't see that often. It's always like a primary color and then versus white. Um, and then we also don't see like teams going on the road and wearing alternate jerseys. Like I think, it, I mean, in a perfect world, you have your home, you have your away, you have a home alternate, you have an away alternate. MLB has that. That there are teams in the MLB with four jerseys like that. Yeah, and but the NHL is just it's just a it's a different league when it comes to their jerseys. Different, just- different league. Um, but also in a way, I mean, the hockey jersey has got to be one of the most respected out of all sports, right? I mean, that's, you could argue that those are, you know, the most tradition, the most, you know, reverence, whether it's fans or players alike. Yeah, 100%. Um, and obviously, I mean, I think, I think if they did that, it would make a lot of money because then you have four jerseys, you have people buying, I mean, cause people are going to buy the jerseys. So, you know, that, that's just my thing. I think you could have, you know, you have an alternate for the road, have an alternate for home, then maybe have one more in your back pocket. Like I'm, I'm all for more jerseys. I love jerseys. I love seeing new jerseys. I mean, obviously some flop, like we were talking about the Minnesota yeah. wild winter classic, but I'm all for it. And that's why it's tough being a Blackhawks fan. Cause they rarely ever wear other, their red and their white. And I get it. They have good jerseys, but can I, I also this. say this? I feel like I prefer I like the blacks white jer- or the Blackhawks white jerseys compared to the red ones. I like yeah. the away jerseys a little bit better. I feel like it's just it looks a little bit crisper. Maybe it also has something to do with the fact that they won their championships. Two of them were on the road and, compared to the one away. Um, so I just I, mean, kinda, like, I relate that a little bit more to it. But I think the white ones just look a little bit more crisp. I think they look they look really crisp. You're going to be hard pressed to find another better away jersey. I, I mean, there are some good away jerseys in the NHL, but the Blackhawks have to be number one, not just, yeah. I mean, I think in general, they have some of the best jerseys in all of sports because yeah. of the way they've been acclaimed from, you know, designers, from sports writers, everything, but it looks crisp. It looks clean. You know, like that's what I like about the Blackhawks jerseys too. You know, you got the striping. It's not too much. Like you see some other teams with like some weird striping and some weird yeah. stuff going on. Like it's not too much. Very less is more when it comes to jerseys sometimes. Like mm-hmm. less is a lot more. Um and you know the Blackhawks did a good job with theirs. And um I I uh I wish it was a little bit different when it came to jerseys in the NHL. I'm happy that they finally did like the reverse retro thing was really encouraging to see because that I'm was really the first worried. Time- I'm really worried it's just gonna be like that was that one year and then not again. I'm yeah, worried see, about that. It, the reason I thought I was encouraging was because, all right, here is a, here is the reverse retro series of jerseys and we're doing it for every yeah. single team and we're releasing all of them at the same time. That yeah. was fantastic. Do that again, but do like color rush. Do That's, something I like, was just about to say color do, rush, like have a color rush weekend. That would yes. be really cool. Yeah, like do that. Do do like the MLB. They're, they're doing like the, uh, what is it called? It's not City Edition. It's... um. Oh, I know what you're saying. It's yeah. their it's their city edition, and they're releasing yeah. like five jerseys a year over the next like four years. It's like what the that's so stupid. Like if I if I wasn't a White Sox fan and I was a just take a rent Kansas City Royals fan and like I wouldn't be getting my jersey for like if I saw like other teams getting their city edition jerseys and I knew I wouldn't be getting mine until yeah two or three years down the line, I'd be like, well, what the heck? This is so dumb. I'm frustrated. I want to see what these jerseys look like. It's that well, I love that the NHL did that. It's like all right. 
what, whatever date was, like July 24th, New Jersey's. They tease them, then they come out, and you could see every team's at once. That was fantastic. That was perfect. Uh, I, they got to do that again. Color rush, do something. And Part of the reason you can have so many jerseys in the MLB is you have so many games. True. You know That's also a fair um, point, yeah. And I feel like the NBA also has a lot of jerseys, too, where they some leagues just kind of embrace that. What I, I Like, embrace that, you know? It's like a, almost a spontaneous, like the spawn, yeah. you know, it's kind of spontaneous in a way. And like just doing something different. Whereas the NHL is a little bit more rigorous to just kind of sticking to history and sticking to what yeah, they're tradition, doing. So, you know? Yeah. Um, right. I, and, and I feel it, like if they did kind of do something, if they did do a color rush, I feel like maybe then some people would be like, you know, you're just copying the other leagues. So I feel like there's know, kind man. of like a double edged sword. I, I, yeah, we both would like it. Double standard. Oh, I think a lot of people would like it too. I think there are a lot of diehard yeah. hockey fans who do. I mean, you can obviously go on YouTube, you find, you know, guys who, who have their jersey collections and all that sort of thing. But I think it would be really cool just to see like, you know, color versus color games. Uh, yeah. Like you see that in the NBA, you see it in the NFL. Um, and, you know, I, I really wish that the NHL would kind of embrace that more. Um, and I think it's like, I mean, it's kind of, I guess, I don't know in a way heading in the right direction with the reverse retros. And then like you saw Carolina wearing their blacks in the playoffs. So yeah. well, even like Edmonton, they've had, they've gone through a couple of different style of jerseys too. Like where yeah. they had like an orange one, then they went to blue and now they went yeah. to like this little bit of a darker blue and orange. It's, it's, yeah. it's a nice Jersey too. So yeah, obviously right. the black, a lot of the original six teams, they don't touch jerseys. They don't right. because yeah. they just have that history to it where yeah. I feel like if the Blackhawks were to release like, it's hard because they're a team that they can't really just change their jersey because of that history to it. Right, know? right. And I mean, and so, someday they, they, you know, they they might have to. We never know. But eventually, I mean, I, I don't know. Eventually, down someday down the road, every team's got to rebrand at some point or another. But yeah. um, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. The original six teams, like they don't do, they don't really get a lot of freedom. Uh, like you know, the Blackhawks, obviously, the Rangers, the. Bruins, the Canadians, like all these are all teams where, you know, look at their jerseys over the past hundred years and they don't change very much. So no, it's in, in uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I wish it was different. I love jerseys. I'm a definitely a Jersey connoisseur. And I wish that, you know, my hometown team, the Blackhawks would do more. Um, and yeah. then just say, all right, here's our winter classic Jersey. And we're going to bring it on as an alternate to wear three times a season. That's kind of in my opinion, a slap in the face, but yeah. make a new Jersey, just do something with it. You used to have the the third Jersey that was designed the same way. That was just black. Those were awesome. I mean, if I need, if I'm so desperate that I would even say, bring those back, like yeah. don't, you don't even have to go out of your way to design a new Jersey. Just bring those back, just do something. But yeah, I mean, I can talk about jerseys forever. Maybe we should have a pod where we do like a Jersey ranking or something, but no, I feel like, you know what? I, that's something that definitely is going to be in the future. So yeah. Yeah. Um, to all the sure. listeners at home, we appreciate you listening and we'll see you got, we'll see you all very soon for the start of the regular season. Yeah. If you made it this far in the podcast, you get a special thank you because you're here and it's the end. So it's definitely been rambling a little bit. So yeah. we, we appreciate you listening and have a good night.